So finally, we're out of January and I'm recording this on February the 1st. Something to celebrate, but loads of great things coming up this year, not least including Albert Schloss opening in Piccadilly in the old Rainforest Cafe. If you've ever been to Albert Schloss in Birmingham or in Manchester or Liverpool, you'll know how incredible it is. Also, their sister brand, Rudy's Pizza, is something off the charts too. Today's guest knows all about that, was in these brands for six years and saw them every step of the way. And he's now jumped out on his own to be a digital rock star, as he's terming it, at Cutting Edge Digital. So today I've got the great pleasure of chatting to Jack Edge and we cover all sorts of things about tips for going out in Dublin, why Manchester should be the capital of the UK, and we also then deep dive into digital and how to set yourself up for success and all the things that you should be doing in 2024. And of course, we go through his love of hospitality, his history in it, starting out in nightclubs, all the way to growing Rudy's from 1 to 22 venues and of course being part of the national institution which is Albert Schloss. Hope you enjoy it, so much to talk about and if you're a marketer in hospitality, a business leader or you're a freelancer and thinking about getting out on your own and making the leap, everything is jam-packed into this episode. Supersonic! Supersonic! Supersonic. 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 Welcome to Supersonic Hospitality Marketing with me, Mark McSee, where we meet the most interesting people in hospitality, marketing, business, and beyond to hear tips, tricks, and tales to help your brand boom. This podcast is sponsored by Vita Mojo, the all-in-one restaurant management platform helping operators grow ATV, reduce tech complexity and serve guests better. And now, here's a quick word from our sponsors. Vita Mojo is proud to be the headline sponsor of the Supersonic Marketing Podcast. VitaMojo transforms chaos into confidence for hospitality operators worldwide, empowering brands to streamline order management and take control of their business. With its flexible end-to-end order management system, VitaMojo gives you one central place to manage your menu across every channel, brand and location. But VitaMojo is much more than an out-of-the-box software solution. The VitaMojo team are with you every step of the way, providing the partnership you need, the technology you want, and the experience your guests deserve, all in one place. VitaMojo will help you adapt to whatever the world throws at your hospitality business. For more information, visit vitamojo.com slash supersonic. So it gives me the most life on Mars, rude boy pleasure ever to introduce my next guest, who is Jack Edge, digital rock star at Cutting Edge Digital, X-Mission Mars, Tokyo Industries, and Novus. Hello. Hello. How are you? How are you doing? Yeah. Good. 
good. I was saying to you, didn't sleep particularly well last night. I don't know what was on my mind. Um, few a few spinning plates and moving things at uh, various clients. So I think as you're about to find, <laughs> um, you'll you'll be um, you know, thinking about these things at three in the morning about you know how you're going to solve that problem and and do the rest of it. You know, um, I think uh, working working on your own. Uh, definitely not a nine to five linear mm-hmm. thing, um, which has its ups and downs, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, so I think there was that. So I think I was saying to you, bit of tea and toast, a bit of Family Guy at three in the morning. But anyway, it's not the not the worst thing in the world. But yeah, but I had to get up to see you, so that was good. Uh, got a wee coffee on the go, and uh, I thought, right, we'll get stuck into this. So yeah, so where in the world are you today, Jack? I am at home in Manchester. Um, it's probably the first day in two months that I've had a little bit of free time. I know we've been trying to line this up for a while. Um, massive fan of the podcast, been listening for years. And yeah, I thought I need to stay at home today, make some time for Mark and get on this podcast. <laughs> no, that's great. Um, no, I've been really looking forward to it. And I think people got a lot out of this chat because there's a few things going on with you, which is A, tons of experience and you know some of the best brands that people just cover and i'm sure you end up talking about every day um and talking about those growth journeys and inspiring people you know getting into marketing and, and making a go of it and doing well but obviously now you've made this leap from i never know which way around it is poacher to gamekeeper gamekeeper to poacher whichever way it is um so now you've started out on your own and also you've positioned yourself in digital um which is really exciting as well so i definitely want to chat about that but i was just going to sort of rock back a little bit um just to find out how you got here um so you know you started out in novus was was there anything before that yeah so um originally i am from a small little town near blackpool um so studied business it and moved to manchester god over 10 years ago uh to study a degree in business and marketing um and while i was there that's where i thought oh god i need to go and get myself a, a job right to, keep, mm. to sustain the student lifestyle so i went and landed a bartending job in factory 251 which is a student nightclub in the old factory records building mm. Um, and I was there for a number of years and kind of, albeit it not be a traditional hospitality, that is where I fell in love with the industry, right? It was, I am 18, 19 years old. I am on a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday night being paid to party, essentially, you know, <laughs> and, and it's where I met most of my best friends. Uh, I actually met my missus when we were working there, which is really interesting. We're still together to this day. Wow. Um, so I, I kind of started my journey into hospitality by being front of house, effectively, um, bartender in a student nightclub. Uh, did that for two or three years while I was studying at university. Um, certainly more work and party than uh, studying, definitely. Uh, but it's all good experience. Yeah. Um, and then I very quickly graduated um, and I was like, oh my God, what do I do now, right? The situation that every single person has been in. Um, and I, I kind of knew that I wanted to do something within business marketing, but then kind of hospitality kind of sat in the middle of that space, right? So 
I, I took a sales and marketing job for Novus Leisure um, at Tiger Tiger in Manchester. Mm. Um, and I spent a couple of years with those guys kind of, I would say, learning the absolute basics of sales and marketing with the industry. You know, I was fresh out of university, um, a couple of years experience on the bar, but nothing in the, in the sales and marketing side of hospitality. Um, and it was... God, the amount that I learned at Novus Leisure was absolutely incredible. Those guys at that time were absolute kingpins of pre-book sales, 16 grand a week targets for every single person on the phone, relentless outbound. Um, And obviously, which kind of was the bit that tipped me into the more of the marketing side, was their use of CRM. So they'd invested heavily into, you know, their dynamic suite where... Being a part of the sales team, instead of just you know relentless being being outbound on the phone, we were we were smashing those phones, but in a really targeted manner. So you know the stuff that we kind of take for granted now that ten years ago wasn't you know really that respected. You know the who, who's visited us in the last sixty days, who pre bought a package, who didn't. Yeah, so yeah. started my journey at, at um, Nervous Leisure. Um, and, and and I suppose that was I suppose learning the the sales side of the business. Um, mm. I I then kind of realised quickly that sales wasn't my forte. Um, sales and marketing was my forte, or more my forte. I suppose the the bit that interested me the most about Novus was the way how they were working late night London the way how they were working their CRM, how they were driving all the pre-book sales via the website. So I got in contact with Aaron Meller of Tokyo Industries, which are the guys that own Factory, where I did the bar work, and said, look, I've graduated, I've got a couple of years under my belt now, uh, can I come and work for you guys? Um, and and thank God for Aaron, he offered me a role of sales and marketing manager for the group. So wow. there, there it was. 21 years old uh looking after sales and marketing but 90 percent marketing for a group of 32 bars clubs restaurants across the uk Was it 32 he's at 32 now um oh. i think at the time it was probably closer to about 25 he's had a couple of openings since then well, what are um, some of the what are some of the brands jack so he owns Digital in Newcastle at the time, had his fingers in Tup Tup Palace, Newcastle, couple of sites in Manchester. So you've got Impossible. Impossible. I've been there a few times. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, an Impossible opened, you know, a couple of years after Slosh opened, which we'll, yeah. which we'll get on to. And kind was, of, that a, was, was it after Slosh? Yes. It, was it? Was two, a year, two years after Slosh opened when... That area around Deansgate, Peter Street, really then became a destination. Yeah, which it was it, huge. It just wasn't before, you know. Granted, being a student in the city, we wouldn't go out around Deansgate. It was just too expensive, right? But that area of Peter Street was pretty much run down and disused for years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, he's got Impossible, Boulevard, Digital, Tuck Tuck Palace, um, and kind of a plethora of wet led student clubs mm. bars across the uk really mm. um so I, I spent a good couple of years with those guys I think up to three years delving into all things website design development ticket sales promotions crm organic and paid socials 
And this was at the time where, you know, Instagram was relatively new to yeah. hospitality. Right? When I joined the, yeah, when I joined the business, they didn't use Instagram at all. It was all about Facebook, Facebook groups at the time. Interesting. Yeah. So, kind of took them on a little bit of a journey on, you know, it's student nightclub, so it's it's not necessarily pre-booked restaurant sales, you know, but actually, right, are our events listed online? Are they ranking on Google? Are they visible on our website? And are we shouting about them on socials? You know, if you look at it at a real top-level view. So at that time, it was about instilling... I suppose some some basics of digital marketing to just 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 go back to that, Jack, because I think people will want to note that down in case they skip over it. When you're saying it's basic, I've just been scribbling while you've been talking. The thing with you is you are at the top of your game and you're really, really good at what you do, right? And ninety percent, I mean pick a number, a big number, of marketing teams that I sit with still do none of the things that you've just talked about. <laughs> and when you said, well, just the basics, you know, looking at who's been in the, na- the last 60 days and who hasn't, they're not doing that. I don't know yeah. what they're doing, yeah. but they're not doing that. They're not doing hungry outbound sales calls. They're not, you know, they're not even knowing if specials have sold that day, you know, how successful have things been. They don't know how to report. I mean, you know, but sorry, just go back to those points that, that it's all about because I think that's really, really important for marketers and for anyone listening who wants to, you know, grow their business. I suppose, I suppose, trying to take it back to really simple is about understanding your guest and who is spending money in your business, right? So, kind of, whenever I've joined any business or supported on any projects, it's about right. What is the current situation? How many? people are looking at your website how many people are engaging with socials of the people that are visiting how many times have they visited this year so for me the absolute fundamental metrics are are those you need to understand what is happening in your business in order to drive change um so just relating that back to tokyo i suppose they being a student-led business were hammering you know student offers on flyers and posters etc all around the city but weren't necessarily geared towards digital at the time instagram was completely new when the website was you know a really great image but a static image on a website that yeah. didn't really do a lot more so and, and i guess instagram at the start a lot of it, it was quite fashiony wasn't it really it, it fa- fashion fashion and food wasn't it yeah, you know, how yeah. does a student nightclubs selling 99p drinks and 99p entry fit into that it's 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 difficult well i guess i guess you would go with a fashion angle wouldn't you yeah um and the, i suppose the, the the angle that i took was bottle up everything these guys are doing and just making sure it's visible online you yeah. know you, yeah, yeah, you yeah. have yeah. these packages you have these offers you have these events these nights whatever you want to call them yeah. can i go on your website and learn about that and book yes you know uh if i search best student night in manchester are we ranking within the top three results mm. if we're not and we want to be because we're doing all this relentless flyering and fly posting but actually you know what's the first thing anyone does when they want to go on a night out it's well it would have been google and it's now tiktok right? yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah 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 places to go in dublin where i've just been and just done the same thing myself on tiktok but so I suppose for me it was 
you know, it it wasn't re- necessarily game changing, but it was actually just bottling up what those guys did currently. They had the offering. We weren't creating anything new. Mm-hmm. It was just bottling it up and making sure it was visible and bookable online. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I suppose naturally with that, then if you're then selling tickets online, you're then collecting data about who is coming. You know, yeah. and, and and we went from student events that were you know 95% walking to 75% walking well great we know 25 we know data about 25% of our guests now what are we then going to do with that right we need a CRM we need MailChimp we need something really basic in order to communicate can, to these can you see airship because they took some ads within the podcast <laughs> yes well, it's interesting I'm, I'm, I'm doing a lot of work with airship at the moment yeah yeah I'm they're coming on the pod soon yeah it'll be fun back tomorrow tomorrow i'm recording with them tomorrow yeah yeah Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. no love, love those guys and um it's interesting i use mailchimp as the example because i suppose this was you know eight years ago um where eight years ago for a group that doesn't do anything with data i suppose some a simple platform like mailchimp to communicate to the guests that you've got coming in is a start right yeah yeah um um, so however um and i'm sure we'll come on to it i I am middle of project at the moment thank you sam brown uh for a project with airship at the moment which is really really exciting yeah great great well you know just going back to a couple of things well like love the paid to party and you know i think there's quite a few speeches i've seen over the years and and people that i think are real stars and that's the way that they still see it you know and Mm. i think i always loved it when i was at your robin my my ceo there he always said to me that i was paid to make people happy yeah which i I loved you know that that thought um i always feel a bit of regret though that when i was a kid i never worked in hospitality so i always feel a bit of a fake really because i worked in record shops <laughs> so um don't get me wrong it was a cool job um but uh, i always feel a bit like oh, i wish i'd done that because you know i don't feel like i've got the stripes since working in hospitality of course you've worked in prep kitchens and you know being a barista and uh worked in your sushi kitchens and cut all your fingers off and all that stuff um but yeah that was uh that you know i think it was a bit later in life for me but as i say i don't think you're seeing marketing teams hungry for sales and this just seems to be a culture at the moment i feel that there's too much reliance on oh we've sent out an email one email by the way to everyone um and also uh, oh we've put it on instagram organic what and and i think also people it's hard at the moment with money but it is expensive, right? You know, if you if you tool up everything that you need these days, it can be, you know, if you've got paid social running on many channels, if you've got CRM going to the way it should be, then you need, obviously, content and did it and all that. You've got SEO happening. You've got PPC happening. You know, it, it can be quite a lot if you've only got three restaurants. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And 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 I always I always feel sad in hospitality because I think the people that need the most help get the least help. 
in a way, you know, because if you've got economies of scale in your loungers, digital is a no-brainer because, mm. you know, it's it's pennies on the pound, if that. It's pennies uh, on the pounds and you've got so many more data points readily yeah, available to yeah. tap into because mm. you've got 300 sites, right? Collecting data across your Wi-Fi, your booking, your websites, yeah. your wherever else it might be. Yeah. Um, I, I suppose my one recommendation I would have for anybody, whether you're one site or 300 sites, is under like you understand your PL, it's understand who is coming into your business and then what, what can you do with that data to drive it forward. So, you know, even just using the example that you've used about paid socials, don't go running mass awareness campaigns on meta spending thousands of pounds a week. Yeah. Target the people who are similar to the people that are coming into your business already. Have a look at who booked in the last 90 days upload that data to meta and say find people like that for me there's these tools readily available right annoyingly meta and platform similar are a lot smarter than we are you know and and so if you have got a limited budget use it wisely um but use the data that's available to you to to make those decisions I, i think there's a lot of sweat work that can happen and again i'm just not seeing the the grit of of digging into this. And what I mean by that is, um, you know, there's an old Gary Vaynerchuk video for years ago, and people still don't do it. And he said, go on a hashtag search for Kentucky, mm. and every person that comes up in the last X many days, and, you know, just check the photo stuff, Instagram message them. One to one to one to one, yeah. just next one, next one. And so I, I think a lot of that doesn't happen. And I think what I see is, you know, oh, we've tried that or, oh, we did it once and it never worked or, oh, no, we, 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 need some, we need something fancier. We need a shinier thing. We need a expensive thing. We need to, you know, do a deal with this influencer company or whatever it is. And you're like, no, and, and, and just as you're saying, the first thing is, have you done the basics? You know, so yeah. almost like my computer's not working. Like, I'll, like so much of the attitude I'm seeing at the moment is, I'll oh, just get a new computer then. And it's like, no, have you checked this plugged in? <laughs> you know, yeah. have you yeah. got the software update? Is it just the battery? You know, and and I think they're just, you know, that I always like to look to the future, though, and I like being in that, you know, AI world and all the new things. But at the same time, there's just so many levers to pull that are, they're not exciting, but they're basic it, and, you know. But I think it's it start with the basics. I was speaking to a client a couple of weeks ago and they wanted to run PPC and paid social campaigns to drive large party hires. You know, we've got this budget, we want to spend it, we want to drive some sales. Well, let's take a step back. Is it clear and easy to book on your website and is the yeah. information readily available? No, it's not. So before we spend a penny, let's make it clear, easy to book, all information available. Otherwise, we're driving traffic there and our conversion rate is going to be really low. So I think you make a really, really good point about start with the basics. And and whenever kind of I've approached any project over the years, it's about is it visible? Much like your menu is visible on your table and it is yeah. placed in a way where you can read it, yeah. is the information that I need to know in order to be able to convert into a sale visible and readily available online? And if it's not, don't spend any money to drive people there. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. Well, when you're starting a project, like, do you, have you got like, is it almost like a, an audit 
process or something like that? Yeah. So I'd always start with, and I hate the word because it sounds like an agency, but like a 360 digital audit, you know, and it's, I suppose it's a summary of how is your website performing from either technicals, you know, server speed, load speed, all of that boring stuff to actually a sense check from a marketeer's point of view, pretending to be a guest. Mm. Is the information readily available on your website? Can I book? Is your booking widget on brand? Is it clear? Are you sending confirmation emails, post-visit emails? Um, Are you then targeting me again via your CRM if I don't book, but I put my email address and I didn't finish my booking? Yeah. And with the tech ecosystem that is out there for hospitality now, all of these tools are at your fingertips so even if you go back to you know someone who's got three sites well you're going to be using one of the -the off-the-shelf booking systems now generally 95 percent of those have these tools built in waiting for you to utilize you know so before i start any project i would always have a look at current situation because i don't think you can say well we're going to go and do this until you've understood what is the current picture and what are the opportunities that, that arise from that and I think as part of that, it's really good to benchmark yourself against people you respect and peers who you look up to in the industry as part of that. And then in terms of you working on a project then, are you setting out the to-do list or are are you like executing like things like SEO and PPC campaigns or do you work with partners to do that? A little bit of both at the moment, to be honest. Um, so we didn't quite get onto it, but I'm fresh into going solo two months ago, right? So mm. I I suppose when I took the leap in November, it was, ah, I need to try and get as much work as possible. Mm. Um, and luckily, one of my old bosses uh, was like, yeah, we'll snap you up three days a week. And I suppose that brief to answer your question was, with the expertise and experience that you've got, come in and audit the business, but then deliver those action points that you have raised, I suppose. So we we spent three or four weeks analyzing, collecting data, situational analysis, which then kind of shot myself in the foot, then gave myself a to-do list of 100 things we need to do, right? Yeah. So it's, it's then a conversation with the exec team around, these are the 100 things we think we need to do. Mm. Do we all agree? Do we not? And can we prioritize based on best, best case of ROI mm. effectively. Um, in terms of am I working with agencies, at the moment, no. I'm only trying to take on work, which I can personally deliver myself yeah, because yeah. I, I'm, I'm trying to position not necessarily myself as as a brand, but with, with, with the experience that, that I've gained over the years, for me, it's about what, what, value can i add to your business not you know outsourcing it to somebody else you know and if, if it's if it's something that isn't within my remit i.e pr you know i have contacts built up from over the years that you know highly recommended pr companies yeah you know? yeah yeah um, and and the same goes again for the systems so one of the first things i i identified was i'm going to be going into businesses and looking at their full digital ecosystem right um I'm going to be rec- making recommendations on what tech they might need. So got straight on the phone to Airship, mm. Wireless Social, Feed It Back, Res Diary. And mm. I said, look, 
I, I want to pass your work your way, but I don't want any commission from it. Mm. I, want, I, just, I want to be partnered with you guys. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's a good job you mentioned airship because Sam's been really helpful from their end that, yeah, I think since we started two months ago, I've onboarded three groups onto those guys. But I suppose the bit where I come in as valuable there is sitting as the middleman between a marketing team that is under-resourced and Sam trying to sell a new product for Airship. So I'll recommend the tech, but then I'll also help you onboard it and utilize it to the best of its possible ability. Yeah. I mean, I think there's just so much need for what you're doing, you know, and also someone that's actually done it on the inside this is the big advantage for you because so many people then say that they've done it or they'll do it or they know and they don't exactly and i think um you know i think if you want to make a fortune in hospitality a what you're doing is a good idea i think also there's still a massive need for like boots on the ground local market as well see someone started like the best sort of swat team you know, to just drop parachute them in to boost sales of a site within a mile radius, whether that's digitally and traditionally, mm-hmm. um, community outreach and all that. I, I honestly think, but the trouble is with hospitality, a lot of the time, you know, the budgets just aren't there, you know, yeah. for, for, for yeah. people, um, you know, both ways, you know, that you, you, you can't make enough almost. So, yeah, but I mean, I really feel it done in Brighton that, you know, if, if there was one company in Brighton that did, local marketing for restaurants so i think somebody would clean up down here you know it would be absolutely incredible you know it really would um so then just in terms of digital at the moment i mean last night as i wasn't sleeping i was flicking through all the zuckerberg trial stuff in the u.s like he's getting absolutely horsed about um child safety and all this and and honestly he's getting slammed to rights here you know it was unbelievable but What's your sort of view on, you know, digital moment, you know, the most useful channels, you know, what's working, what's not, you know, what what are you favouring at the moment? I don't think we could have this conversation without mentioning the word TikTok. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, I, I think any brand in hospitality at the moment has got to have a strategy and presence on TikTok. Um, and even if you haven't quite worked out what your strategy is yet, just get some content out there. You know, there is hundreds, if not thousands of people already talking about your brand on that platform. Yep. Engage with them. Yep. Like you just mentioned about the DMing them. Okay, don't DM them, but engage with them. Mm. Like their posts, comment on them, repost mm. them, you know. Mm. Um, I, th- I think TikTok is absolutely key, um, not just because it's another social channel, but because of the SEO benefit. And, um, it's, a, and it's a search engine now, as you see. You know? Yeah. And I had first-hand experience with that three weeks ago. So me and my missus went to Dublin for the weekend, spontaneous mm-hmm. trip after a couple of pints of Guinness. We were like, let's just book a trip to Dublin for the weekend. Really? And we 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 did two things to work out where to go. We'd both never been before. Um, so the first thing we did was, I'm in a marketing group. I'm not sure if you're aware of it. Team marketing set up by Vic Sale. It is I, like, was, I was in it in the early days. It just got a bit overwhelming for me. It's, so I, I came it, out. Yeah. It is absolutely crazy. But shout out to Vic for yeah, the community great of 500 hospitality marketeers. I think it's at now, which is crazy. So the first thing I did was put a message and say, look, going to Dublin tomorrow, any recommendations? Because people in the industry, you know, know 
cool places where to go and what to check out. And I suppose then did a second thing of one validating those responses. Well, let's have a look on socials and what are they like? Do they fit the vibe check? Mm. Um, but then, you know, all you need to do is search best bars in Dublin. And I can guarantee that 90% of the places that we went to that weekend, we were showing up on that search, right? Yeah. And it's because they had either a loyal following creating content on their behalf, or they were ranking for those search terms. So even if you don't look at TikTok as another Instagram, another social media channel, it's about showing up for the search terms for your brand that are relevant, you know, um, and creating the great content that you already are doing on other channels for for that channel. Um it's it's i can't remember the stats but i i'm sure it's overtaken google now for hospitality searches in terms of where to go right i think it has it's certainly overtaken google in you know i can't use the word anymore meta but macro searches it certainly had a, a little while ago um but i think it was even the last rmi speech i was doing in 23 i think it had or maybe it was a propel mm. camp but anyway, yeah, it had. And in hospitality, you're probably right. I mean, however, though, what's your gut telling you in terms of people that are actually on it, in terms of percentage-wise? They're not. They're not. Um, the, so I literally last week was trying to find a best-use case example of someone in hospitality yep. um, around the late-night space. So not necessarily food-led venue, but a late-night operator that is smashing TikTok. Um, mm. To try and build together a case study and, and kind of look at what other peers are doing. And it, and it's difficult, you know. Mm -hmm. If mm -hmm. if I think about, you know, the brands that I'm following on Instagram, 10% of them are on TikTok, you know, you're and 1% are doing it well. Yeah, yeah, if you're lucky. Um, well, we, we yeah. get some great news yesterday, actually. Um, Hospitality Rising got uh, made a case study on TikTok. Fantastic. So, I couldn't believe it. We're just like, oh, my God. You know, so, uh, yeah, that's me. I, I'm done. I can just retire now, I think. I don't think it's going to get any better <laughs> than that, you know. But, um, but I think TikTok's a fascinating place because it's great for SEO. It's great for findability. It's great as a search engine. It's great, obviously, to boost the organic reaches off the charts compared to instagram and all that plus it's good for recruitment it's good for b2b and the thing i enjoy about tiktok so much i think is that it's kind of like podcasting like you could be as niche as you like yeah and you'd still be found you'd still be following do you know um i've, I've been doing a bit of online dating lately and uh it's, it's it's going all right it's going all right um so uh but i was on like i mean this is quite cheesy but i was on like trying to figure out the best aftershaves Right, right. <laughs> like to you know, to to pull, I suppose, and uh, yeah, TikTok was the one, and there's a million videos of that. Mm. Just going back to Dublin, uh, have you got any tips? What 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 were the what were the places you loved there? I'm gonna be stereotypical tourists abroad, but we spent quite a bit of time on Temple Bar naturally. Um, yeah, but. There's a, a smaller pub just further down from Temple Bar Pub called the Keys, and we spent right. we we must have had, we must have had ten pints in there over the course of the weekend because it was it felt like home from home. Um, yeah. Not sure if you're familiar. There's an Irish bar in Manchester called Mulligans, and they do right. 
officially the best pint in Manchester. Right. Um, and just from, you know, two o'clock in the afternoon in the Keys, live bands on, great crowd, fresh Guinness. Um, and it didn't feel, albeit it was on Temple Bar, it didn't feel too touristy. Yes. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. It wasn't ridiculously overpriced for the yeah. tourist location. Um, and it just felt like a really nice crowd. So I definitely recommend that. In terms of food, um, I'm a massive fan of fried chicken, right? Um, so we found a place called Mad Egg, which does incredible <laughs> tenders, wings, chicken burgers, loaded fries, etc. Um, it's fast casual, um, but it was incredible. You know, yeah, it, yeah. it was like your it was your your Rudy's of fried chicken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A couple of sites over there. Jack, uh, leave it. You've left them now. Leave it. I know. Leave it. I know. I know. I can't. You're still, can't. You're still playing for the club. You're still playing for the club. I know. Um, but uh, and and then because uh, I remember the the favourite one I had is in Table Bar as well, uh, Palace Bar. Yeah, is my yeah. is my my favourite that one. But it's always hard to get a seat in there. It's really really difficult. And then. Um, Fried chicken wise, have you got a favourite in the UK? Um, burgerism in terms of a fried chicken right. burger. Oh, um, so burgerism. It's well, we 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 do it as a takeaway as opposed to dining. I think they've got one dining site in NQ sixty four in Shoreditch, um, but in Manchester it's a little garage in Salford. You order online, you oh. drive, you get your food and your bag delivered to your car. You eat it in your car or at home, um, and they do a chicken burger called the Firebird, which is absolutely incredible. Um, nice. And it's not your standard takeaway chicken burger. It yeah, is. Yeah. It's, Let's call it premium takeaway. I don't know if yeah, it's yeah. a new category, but it's it's banging. Yeah. Okay, nice. Um, right, so back to the records. Sorry, we went out of went out a wee bit left there. So just thinking about the business then, because I obviously I want to go into Mission Mars and Schloss and Rudy's and all those great things. But just in terms of the business itself, so was there like key principles you set up and also any sort of challenges you know the thing that i've found if i've ever uh you know been with clients and you still get it today they don't actually have patience sometimes they've been so let down with marketers over the years mm. that they are a bit like dance monkey dance a little bit you know and, and you don't get the time to, to 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 do what you want so yeah i mean um every consultant and agency and whatever loves a loves a three-point diagram with an acronym or anything but you know what were the sort of principles you set out with and and you know and and, and how have you found it you know starting out and, and what were the challenges so i suppose starting with how have i found it we're two and a half months in um loving it loving yeah, it absolutely good. every second I'm pleased. um and touch wood so far so good right mm. there's there's been no second thoughts about god have i done the wrong thing and i suppose just a shout out to the industry um and network as a part of, as part of that so when i took the leap or just before i took the leap actually it was you know text to key contacts marketing directors in the industry to say look i'm thinking about doing this would you work with me mm. and instead of yes it, yes i would work with you it was okay yeah let's do it i'll get you on a day a week or two days a week or whatever yeah. so i suppose firstly it's going well touch wood um but that is purely down to I suppose, network that I've built up over the years and that, you know, hospitality people want to help other people, which yes. is 
He's fantastic. It's unlike and, any other industry. I will tell you that right now. He's yeah, it, and actually, it's it's quite humbling in a way to be able to send a text out and say, "I'm thinking about doing this. Would you do this?" And you know, just using Airship as the example. You know, I've, I've worked with those guys for years um, in one capacity or another, and you know. The, the the first thing Sam and Dan text back from Airship was anything we can do to help you, let us know. You know, we're mm-hmm. working with hundreds of clients across the space. Mm-hmm. We could probably help pick out some key contacts for you. Let us know. And it's it's really nice to to be able to experience that from I suppose the other side. Um in in terms of differentiation, um I hate the word agency, right? Um I suppose and and I might cause some problems with this um, oh, right. Right, right at the start of my journey where I spent 10 years in-house, majority six years at Mission Mars, where generally we didn't really work with marketing agencies. We did everything in-house. Yeah. And when we did work with an agency, and this isn't just at Mission Mars actually, but when whenever I have worked with an agency over the years, we kind of had that tendency or those thought processes around what are we actually getting out of this investment other than a report at the end of the month? Um, now, I suppose the caveat on that is I know there's lots of fantastic freelancers and agencies out there in the, in the industry, so it certainly I dig at them. But what, I suppose one of the things that I'm trying to do to position myself differently is I'm not an agency. I will not send you an end-of-month report. And that's one of the things I'm absolutely clear with all of my clients right at the start. Mm. I want to do is come into your business as your digital right arm, as an extension of your marketing team. Mm. Um, so you could call me your in-house, out-of-house head of marketing, your in-house, out-of-house digital marketing manager. Yeah. Um, I really, really want to get under the skin of your business, highlight opportunities, but then work with you, wider marketing team and wa- wider exec team in order to to deliver the opportunities yeah. that presented yeah. um all, all i'd say jack is don't 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 worry about that you know don't overthink it and you know when i was starting out i get great advice from a mentor a guy called robert bean and he just said look uh there's only two categories and it's hard for you to push against that word that's so ingrained yeah so kind of and it's only because it's well it's like you trying to change the word hospitality yeah, which yeah. actually we tried to change at Hospitality Rising. We were, we were, you know, the first thing I got back from Ogilvy, you know, the biggest thinkers in the world, uh, they said it sounds like hospital. It's an old-fashioned word. We need to change that word. And it was like, well, that's never going to happen. So I think it's so ingrained in people's minds that either it's a, you're an agency, you're a consultant. I mean, that's pretty much the two categories. Yeah, but yeah, the the biggest thing you know, and, and you are, because I know it and I know you already, it's just see if people, the first, it's like a brand, what's what's the first word that comes to mind? If your first word is helpful or impactful or it doesn't yeah. really matter how they, what they call, you know, and, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. he's just, Jack, and, and, you know, I, I got it for you, Big Mark will sort you out. You know, and it was immaterial if you were a agency, a freelancer, a this, a virtual that, a did it, and uh, so it's just you know, and 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 you know, you are so that's how people will define you. So I wouldn't worry. But then on the converse side, weirdly, 
you want consultant consultancy agency to be in your SEO terms because that's what people search for. So you, you do, and I was doing some work on that last night. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also, I suppose it's counterintuitive in a way because the dream would be in a year, two years, three years that you're actually taking on a second head, a third head. Well, in that yeah. point, there's no shine away from it. You are a digital marketing agency for for well, hospitals. You, you know, you could say you know we're yeah. a group of consultants or whatever. You know, um, eat however you want, but um. But that's definitely the hardest bit when you take on someone else because people want you. Yeah, and and I suppose the, the, the I suppose the most important part of that I suppose it's less about the word; it's more about the impact. I think impactful is and helpful is a really good point on that. Is I'll send you the invoice. Yeah, <laughs> sixty day terms. Um, but I, I think I suppose anyone who I am going to work with, particularly in my first year of trading, right, I, I want to be able to stick their logo on my site and have a fantastic testimonial sure. from them. So, you know, I, I'm I'm trying to be really selective with the projects that I take on, the clients that I work with. That can I actually make a difference to this business? And if I can't, I'm going to politely turn the work down and probably recommend it to someone else because. Yeah. I think it's so key to, like you say, build a brand within your yeah. first year. Um, and more importantly, those those kind of networks that you've built up over the years is is not let not let those guys down, right? Don't become yeah. a, another another potential person that comes and works with the business for three months and then disappears. You, uh, you know, you, you want to be able to, okay, start on a three-month contract, but then be retained ongoing because of the yeah. impact made on the business. So, yeah, yeah. I suppose it's it's less about the term agency and probably just more my, my mentality when I wake up every morning is that, yeah. okay, yes, I'm working for myself, but actually I try and almost pretend I'm employed for that client that day. You know, I am a part of your in-house marketing team. Now, this might be my scope of work, but I want to reach outside of that. I want to yeah. make a real impact for everything that you're doing in that department. Yeah, yeah. No, you're absolutely right. A creative agency for the hospitality sector, Saved by Robots create compelling brands and memorable experiences through great design and engaging storytelling. From Scottish Restaurant of the Year Sugar Boat to Tip Jar, the digital tipping platform that's taken over the world, Saved by Robots excel at bringing ideas to life. As well as developing new concepts and refreshing existing brands, the robots provide outsourced graphic design to help multi-site operators grow with confidence. Check out their work and get in touch at savedbyrobots.com. Hi everyone, I'm Lucy, Head of Sales at Airship & Toggle. Hopefully you've heard of us before, but in case you're not sure what we do, let me bring you up to speed. Airship is a leading hospitality marketing CRM, supporting operators by building a better understanding of their customers' visiting habits to help them target, personalise and automate their marketing and deliver a return on investment. And Toggle, which is our gift card platform and generated a whopping £48 million for the sector in 2023 through the sale of prepaid gift cards, experiences, tickets, merchandise and so much more. I'm here to tell you a little secret though. Airship CRM have a huge update coming, which is going to change hospitality marketing in 2024, making it faster and stronger than ever before. If you want to learn a little bit more before we launch, just get in touch with me on lucy at airship.co.uk or you can visit our website to learn more about what we do for hospitality at airship.co.uk. I was just thinking as well, the practicalities 
of setting up a business as well for anyone interested that, that's thinking about making the leap. So, um, I mean, it's a long time since I did it now, I suppose, but, you know, accounting or business cards or setting up your website or coming up with a name or, you know, all these types of things. And, and I'd, I'd like to touch on network as well. But, yeah, just just with that, you know, because the, the, that's the other bit that people don't see, you know, the amount of phone calls I've had with people talking them through it. You know, how, how did you find all that? Um, I suppose I've always naturally been entrepreneurial, right? Uh-huh. So, interestingly, the domain name I'm using now, um, Cutting Edge Digital, I registered 11 years ago, right? And I was like, <laughs> one, one day, you know, oh, I've, been paying, brilliant. I've been paying £60 a year for 11 years, but finally that <laughs> pay off. Um, but I always knew I wanted to do something like this. So I, I suppose first piece of advice for anyone out there, and just look at my GoDaddy account for proof of that, that there's thousands of domains I'm paying for and not using, but <laughs> I might, might use them, um, is if you have an idea, you know, you don't necessarily have to jump on it there and then, you know, I've always wanted to work for myself, you know, but I think what's been really key and we touched on it earlier on is, is actually when is the right time to do that? You know, I do not think that I would be in the position I am, I am in now if I hadn't have spent the last 10 years working with Novus Tokyo, six years at Albert Slosh and Rudy's. It's that mm. experience, it's that hands-on experience from a client side point of view um, that is really, really important in order to do so. Um, and then the network that comes along with that. Um, in terms of the actual business nitty-gritty, I'll be totally honest with you, I haven't really done mm. that much. I'm not worried too much about you know accountancy receipts all of that good stuff Hope, hopefully hmrc aren't one of your uh top listeners on this podcast <laughs> um but you know there's there's like there is tools for hospitality there's tools out there for people who are self-employed free yeah, agent yeah. is a fantastic tool that i signed up to two months ago it integrates my business bank account anything i spend i reconcile on an app and anything that i get coming in i reconcile on an yeah. app there's there's, there's tools out there to make it easy really easy um and i suppose i'm quite fortunate that um my mum is actually a uh, an accountant so oh she, man she doesn't know it yet but at the end of the year she'll be she getting a big file and saying well i'll get you a nice <laughs> present if you saw all that mess yeah up. very christmas um, so yeah um, for you. but i i suppose the the, the most the, the most valuable thing that has put me in this position and you mentioned it just then is network um it, it, anyone that i've worked with so far or is in pipeline for the next three to six months i already knew and was actively engaging with prior to going freelance yeah. self-employed whatever yeah. you want to call it now most of these people i've never met face to face i might have yeah. bumped into them at rmi a propel yeah. conference yeah. or something similar you know i might have engaged in conversation with them on vic sales team marketing whatsapp group. Yeah. but yeah. It, it is all about it's not what you know it's who you know isn't yeah. it really you know and i've kind of had first-hand experience of that in the first three months that luckily you know i'm busy i've, I've I, since november i've not stopped i'm probably yeah, going to take yeah, my yeah. christmas break next week um unfortunately I, i've not had to kind of panic and go ah where's the work going to come from yeah. you know through, through conversations on most of the time on whatsapp really casual like what if we did this yeah let's do it yeah 
Yeah, I mean that that that's the thing, and and you know you you'll find yourself, you know it's never Goldilocks, right? So it's like either you don't have enough work and you're crapping yourself, and yeah. you're you know you're yeah. worried about that, or you've got too much and you're overwhelmed and you don't yeah. really you know you need to just fit it in at, at all hours. So yeah, I mean it's funny. I'd, I'd speak to a lot of people some people anyway, about them saying, oh, I'm going to go consulting. And you go, all right, great. Oh, can't wait. I'm going to get fit and I'm going to go on bike rides. I'm going to drop the kids at thing. You're thinking, hey, good luck with that, man. Mm. Like, there's no chance. Like, you know, if you're really going to do this and make a go of it, you know, I, I'd be surprised if you can drop the kids off at school, get fit, go to yoga, yeah. get a haircut and, and still do all the work that you need to do, you know? But also get yourself a bit of security before you take that leap. So we, we didn't quite go over it, but I spent six years at Mission Mars at the helm of Slosh and Rudy's. Kind of felt like I'd, I'd done my piece there, so I went and took another role somewhere else. Within four weeks of being at that role, I kind of knew it wasn't for me. So, But mm. in, in, I thought, well, now's the time to go self-employed. But, before, God, HR directors across the country are probably going to hate this. But um, before I thought I'm going to have my notice in, I, I spent a couple of weeks getting my website in order, getting a yeah, portfolio yeah. together yeah. Um, and, and, and making those connections with people, lining up the work. And to be totally honest, the day that I handed my notice in from that job was, the, the well, an hour earlier, my first client signed the contract, you know, and it was on the basis that I'm probably not going to be available for two weeks because I'm going to have a notice period, which is yeah, to yeah. be decided. But for anybody that is in-house thinking about taking the leap, just take a little bit of a step back and, and see what see what you can do on the back burner to build some relationships, get you something need- lined up first, because... It's scary, right? It's mm-hmm. so far so good. It's gone well, but you, you know, you, you're, you, you don't have that security of a salary coming in on the last day of every month. Yeah, you know, yeah, you, yeah. you've got, you, you, and you'll know this yourself. You know, clients that pay late. You know, and it's like, well, cash flow becomes an issue. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, I think that's down to relationships as well. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. going to regret saying this, Touchwood, but I don't think I've never not been paid. <laughs> and also, um, you know, people are rarely late. So a wee thing that I do is I always put 14 days payment, yeah. which it never is. Yeah. But at least you're starting. Then you don't feel as bad at 30 days going well. And also, you know, I think most people are human about it. And they go, well, you're only a one person thing. And we're a, probably a bigger company. So therefore, yeah. it's a bit. David and Goliath at times, so you 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 can pull that string. The other thing, just what you're saying there, I, I think I started my networking seven years before I went on my own, and yeah. I, I had it in my mind. You know, it was like I'm going, to, and it's thanks to Peter Martin and Christine Martin at Peach, because they gave me my first speaking gig in hospitality, and then. I, you know, I did all right with it, so I kept getting asked back. And and when you're on the stage, you naturally get more people talking to you because mm. they think you must know something else than normal. Um, but then the converse of that is as well, and you might have found this, if you go to these awards things and all that, when you worked for Pret or you or whoever it was, you'd go, I work for Pret, and then people would be like, oh, my God, wow, well, you know, turning around at dinner, go, oh, that's great. And as soon as you go... I'm a consultant, I'm an agency, I'm a brand guy, I'm a whatever, 
you just see the old shoulder kind of going the yeah. other way, you know, and it's just like, oh man, so because people think you're going to sell to them, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of people like that, but I think as you're doing, it's the intelligent sale, you know, it's you showing how good you are, use, you know, using your network well, showing results, and then people will want you, but yeah, I mean, in hospitality, in these rooms, there are a lot of suppliers that it is just like vampires, you know, yeah, just yeah. like yeah. jumping on, and it's I've, just I've so obvious. Um, yeah. Yeah. So obvious, it's horrendous. But yeah, I think there's that, and then just what you're saying as well, I bunked off uh, Rhett, or had a wee, wee afternoon out. Um, two things happened. I was going up to Scotland for something with Rhett, and anyway, that night, I'd scripted an email, and I just sent it to everyone I knew, saying I was starting out and then there was one afternoon I went to a thing with Forth, uh, and Catherine was so kind, took me there, and I went and did a wee speech there. So it was uh, that that felt risky, you know. You felt like you were dogging school or mm-hmm. cheating on someone, or you know. But I think also, as you're saying, absolutely have things locked down. But I think for people wanting to make the jump, you have to take a bit of a risk as well. You've got to take a risk, yeah, one one hundred percent. And it, it could always it could always fall through, right? People could say, "Oh, yeah, we'll work with you," and it might not. But that's mm. what business and entrepreneurship is. And I think as hospitality marketeers, we've become familiar with taking risks mm. anyway. So it's it's natural for us to be able to do so. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Right. The big one. So Mission Mars, Loss, Rudy's, tell us about all that. You know, Neil and Roy, uh, I know Neil a bit better than Roy, but I had the pleasure of sitting next to Roy the other month there, and I really enjoyed his company. He gave me lots of great advice about Hospitality Rising. He was, I felt like I was in Dragon's Den, by the way. <laughs> he, was, he was just asking me all these amazing questions, and I was going, uh, I don't know, I don't know. Um, yeah. And I, I felt like I should know, but yeah. I, th- I think that's pretty much a summary of my six years is six years <laughs> Dragons and Dan sessions. Um, but R- Roy is absolutely incredible. And, and, and Neil, same again. Um, it's funny because they are, I suppose, complete opposites, but I suppose that is what makes the business work. Um, Roy is your your business side of the business and, and Neil is your creative. And, and you know, the the concepts that they've come up with you know without going too far into their history you know started revolution rolled it out sold it and then you know birthed albert slosh is just absolutely incredible and they both live and breathe breathe the business every yeah. single day and you know what 99 percent of the head office do as well because they've built that cu- culture where you really want to be a part of something yeah. um so i joined them you know, just over six years ago, um, I was there for six years, started as digital marketing manager, worked my way up to marketing manager and then head of marketing. Um, and do you know what? You, this what we're talking about, about being paid to party. We were yeah. being paid to party, right? Yeah. It, we were working for two fantastic brands at the helm of rollout, roll and we were having some bloody good fun at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was just a really, really enjoyable place to work. Um, they're actually recruiting. I don't know when this podcast is due to go out, but they're actually recruiting a head of brand marketing at the moment. And if anyone is thinking about it, I'd hi- highly, highly recommend working yeah. with those guys. They're a fantastic bunch. There's so much to learn from them. Um, and the culture, culture is fantastic. Um, but I suppose in terms of, you know, 
what did I spend the last six years doing? Well, we when I first started, there was one Albert Slash in Manchester and one Rudy's in Ancoats, and we spent six years or so rolling out. By the time I'd left, Rudy's had opened its 22nd site. Uh, I think it was the second one down in London, in Shoreditch. Um, and Albert Slosh is now in Manchester, Liverpool and Birmingham. Um, so particularly the last three years I was there, a lot of the work was around brand and rollout, I suppose. Mm. How do you take a, quote, independent Neapolitan pizzeria, Rudy's, to yeah. be a national high street brand without trying to be a national high street brand yeah. in a way. Yeah. Um just and, just going back, Jack, just for Albert Schloss then, how would you describe that and how what what were all the parts of the brand and, and what what were your sort of guiding principles when, when when you were, you know, marketing it and you know coming up with new ideas? Because I think the thing that everyone says about Albert Schloss really is the attention to detail you know mm-hmm. nothing is compromised you know the trays that the beers are on the glasses that the beers are on the tables the fit out the 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 live acts the you know all that i mean what a what is it and b can you tell us a wee bit more about the brand without giving away any secrets so I suppose what is it in two words? It's a marketeer's dream, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's I, I've never known anywhere like it. And I suppose your your job as a marketeer is to bottle that up, like we referred yeah, to. Yeah, on. yeah. It's bottle bottle it up, tell some great stories, and shout about the the fantastic stuff that the ops guys are doing. Um, in in terms of you know attention to detail, absolutely. But innovation was a massive part of what they did at Albert Slash. It was always what is the new next new special, what is the next new drink, what is the next new activation installation, piece of tech, photo booth, whatever else it might be. Um, for those who aren't aware what Albert Slosh is, um, it's a five hundred six hundred capacity late night bar in manchester liverpool birmingham um but opens at eight o'clock in the morning and close it and operates all the way through till two o'clock in the morning so open for breakfast lunch dinner and then party effectively um entertainment seven nights a week influenced by you know a hell of a lot of trips out to new york vegas you know um, these guys that are doing Prop and and no fee by the way, so absolutely no ticket fee, no tickets, no entry on door. You know, it's free entertainment any night of the week. And I suppose in in summary, it's a they want to be the world's favourite beer palace in the heart of the city. Um, you know, so selling Alpine inspired food, Bavarian German beers coupled in with you know a bit of local so in manchester's case a bit of mancunian music but you know with a you know a new york vegas twist sometimes yeah yeah. um but there was a couple of things like the uh i'll be careful how i say it but i think people are always just shocked at how close to the wire you go so like kids cabaret and you know and then also by the way the covid activation for you selling takeaway yeah. with the dancers on stilts and the quality of the videos and the great looking people in them and i mean come on we we were always really fortunate but i suppose it was the one of the hardest things that anything we did it, it needed to be done well i suppose you know so obviously 
using the COVID example, everybody, you know, every cat and his dog was selling beers to take away. But we're like, if we're going to do this, how are we going to differentiate ourselves? How are we going to stand out? And how are we going to get that coverage on Manchester yeah. Evening News? So it's right. Well, we'll we, we, we can't let people inside our beer palace, but we can have a DJ with the windows open. We can have stilt walkers outside, fire breathers, you know, whatever else it might be. Um and I think shock factor is a really good point that you've just made. You know, mm. Kunz Cabaret in itself as a show, you know, has that shock factor in that, oh, my God, are they actually allowed to do that? You know, yeah, yeah, can, they, yeah. can they do that in public? Yeah. Um, but same again with that activation that, you know, OK, it was it was close to the line. Are we allowed to have, you know, a DJ in COVID with the windows open, potentially people gathering outside? Well, you know what we 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 made it work um and it it was always about it it was 100 miles an hour always trying to strive for that next best thing so by the afternoon of that covid activation it was roy on the phone going well what's the next thing what's the next thing to make us stand out and and it was it was it was great to be a part of that yeah, brilliant. And then what about Rudy's then? So, and is Simon Rimmer eh, involved in it still? Simon was originally involved back in the early Mission Mars days because we also used to have a couple of pubs over in Liverpool. Um, mm. I'm sure he's still involved silently one way, yeah, yeah. one way or another. Yeah. Um, particularly in the early days, he he did get involved in food development and that kind of stuff for yeah. Flush. Yeah. Um, but not necessarily on the on the Rudy side of things. Um, R- Rudy's in itself, um, I suppose is operating in a really competitive market you know um never mind casual dining neapolitan pizza right it's every it's everywhere right it's it's absolutely everywhere um so um we we had the first site in Ancoats in Manchester um before Ancoats was really Ancoats it's now you know your your indie neighborhood but when we first got that site it was it was still very industrial around there um edgy. Enormous, yeah edgy yeah I like that one um <laughs> Uh, and it almost well it, it is the staple of that neighborhood um i don't work there anymore but i will i will still say that yeah, yeah. That. i'm still selling it um but it's proper neapolitan pizza cooked for 60 seconds in a real fun laid-back environment um industrial stripped back sites um almost the opposite of albert's lash right yeah. in, in terms of operating style yeah, yeah. Out, it's you know in, in terms of opening a rudy's it was find a site strip it back to the bare walls get some nice tables chairs artwork pizza oven in there whereas you know an albert's lash is four million pound fit out so it's yeah. it's completely the opposite um but in terms of service style similar in in terms of attention to detail but in a lot more casual friendly manner so mm. you know rudy's don't have a uniform policy it's it's come as you are is the phrase we want you to be you and be comfortable and yeah. have fun and make friends while you're working um yeah. one of the most exciting parts about working with rudy's um was i suppose taking it from one site to 22 um was how do you roll out an independent pizzeria um and it's kind of again a marketeer's dream we came up with this concept called pizza for all that whenever we would open in a new city we'd give away 
a thousand, five thousand, ten thousand free pizzas, and that yeah. is how we would make our stamp on a on a new city, I suppose. So um I, I kind of developed this concept or or launch mechanic with the help of res diary wireless social and airship um on i suppose the 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 fundamentals are understanding your existing customer through your existing data so your booking data your crm your wi-fi um then you uploading that data to meta and saying well i want to find people like that in york and then running a four-week pre-opening campaign for your chance to register for a free pizza when we open. Mm-hmm. Um, when we so we would then collect, you know, we'd aim to try and get, say, if we were giving ten thousand pizzas away, we'd aim to try and get five thousand signups because each person could come for two covers. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'd get five thousand signups, and then almost like Glastonbury, we'd have a day in the office called Release the Pizza Day. So <laughs> when the when the when the property team confirmed, okay, handover date is definitely this date. You can yeah. open the diary. Um, we would do a release the release the pizza day and we would email everybody that was effectively in our holding group a yeah. a link to book and get a free pizza um and when we did it in soho we i hate the phrase but we we broke the internet um yeah, we, yeah. Ten thousand signups um we our website went down within the first three minutes of sending that email out we uh, we got banned from Stripe that day. Uh, so Stripe, the payment processor, uh, we used to use to store card details as a pre-off. So you can come for your free pizza, but please give us your card details yeah. in case you come show effectively. And because we were taking so many pre-offs in a short time window, Stripe banned us from that. Wow. Um, we ended up taking out Res Diary. <laughs> um, <laughs> so many bookings in one go. Um, but I, I suppose the, the, the success of that, campaign kind of spoke for itself in a way that you know it's an absolute marketeer's dream to give away x thousand free pizzas but you know we we really had the ops team and the finance team bought into the results of the campaign you know we shot to number one on TripAdvisor in 90 percent of the cities that we opened due to operational standards quality of pizza and the fantastic team that are there um I think Rudy Soho shot out of 17,000 restaurants, shot to number 26 out of all restaurants um, on TripAdvisor. And I think even still to this day is still around number 300, which is absolutely bonkers. Um, But I suppose it it was about building hype and driving footfall into the pizzeria over the first couple of weeks. Obviously, those 10,000 pizzas were spaced out over the first two, three weeks of opening, right? Yeah. Otherwise, we'd have been killing pizza chefs. Um, and it, it, we, we then, I suppose, were smart with the analysis post-campaign of, okay, yes, we gave away 10,000 free pizzas, but 45% came back and bought a pizza within the next 30 days. You yeah. know, and and really uh, just i hate to be that guy that keeps going back to the data but the first couple of times we did it we 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 had to get the buy-in from the exec team and the finance team more importantly yeah, that it that works it's it's not just a building hype exercise it's about a it's it's about building brand advocates as part of this as well it's yeah. we can demonstrate through airship that this specific group of people who we sent an email to, you know, 60% of them claimed a free pizza and 45% came back within the first 30 days. And we know that through our proof of presence. So yeah. 
Yep. Yeah. We we we've covered the cost of the the, the stock or, or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Um. So we and and there's a brand love metric to be yeah. had as well. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Um. And and it it was we kind of tweaked that campaign from opening number two to number four which was Soho, which was kind of the real volume one naturally yeah. with it being in London, you know, in the pizza mile, you know, there's so many pizzerias in Soho. We kind of yeah. had to go hard with it. Um, but then that, that that kind of rollout campaign almost came became the, the standard of, okay, here is the pipeline for openings. X weeks out, we put our registration form live. X weeks out, we get our meta ads live. We set up our CRM. We got our automations ready. Um, and it, it, I suppose as part of that, you're building brand advocacy as well because anyone who registered for a free pizza in the three weeks between then and the pizza release day if you want to call it that the glastonbury day we were drip feeding them brand comms to educate them about our dough our cheese our tomatoes etc so it it was it was a it was a brand building piece as well so i almost like to call it the the ultimate digital dinner of i suppose coming up with a campaign but then tapping into yeah your 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 tech platforms functionality but also the teams that are there to help you succeed as well so that campaign you know the success of it was absolutely instrumental on the teams at airship wireless social and res diary helping us adapt their systems and utilize their data in order to to make it work as well so it was it was a cracker and it was for all to see um you know everyone was you know wowed by it and you know i've i've been to Soho uh, as well, you know, went and checked it out. And I, and I, and I just went myself. I think I was on business one night and just was looking for dinner, but the team were just fantastic. You know, I sat right at the counter, you know, as they were doing their thing. So, yeah, I really, I really enjoyed the experience. I thought it was great, you know. It's it's really nice place. To just It's weirdly one of those places where you can go and sit on your own, yeah. have a pizza, do some work and actually yeah. not feel nice. Yeah. It's almost not a home. Weird. home. Yeah, yeah. In that a way. I, I I think in my peak I was having you know three four pizzas a week on, <laughs> on the business because you know, it's a fantastic product as well um, and even to this day you know I'm I'm still going back you know at least once every ten days to yeah, yeah, meet yeah. with old friends whatever yeah, it might yeah. be so yeah. yeah just just for any listeners he's got Rudy's pizza written on his knuckles um, <laughs> just, just to let you know um, but I don't know if he's going to take it off at some point um, so last couple of questions then and we'll get into some fun stuff. Uh, Quick word on Albert Schloss London and what's next for you. Okay. Um, so uh, I believe Albert Schloss London is due to open around June time this year, um, right in the heart of Shaftesbury Avenue, a Stones mm-hmm. and Piccadilly Circus. Um, and it will be, the, I mean, the space is absolutely huge, right? It's the uh, old Rainforest Cafe. So it is absolutely huge. Um Will I be helping them on that project? Watch this space. Yeah. Um, fingers crossed. Are you uh, going? Are you going to be the live entertainment? I I, <laughs> I might, but I say helping them on the project. Yeah, I am the new comes cabaret. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably there for one day, and that's it. Um, so yeah, that's it. It's, it's I suppose I, even before I left Mission Mars, you know, opening an Albert's Lodge in London was, you know, a key milestone for those guys. So it's always been something I've wanted to be a part of. Um, 
and he's going to be absolutely fantastic for those guys in the location that they are you know the right in the heart of all the theaters um but they're putting on seven days of theater style entertainment yeah for free. you know yeah. that that model is not going to change it is going to be exactly the same um so that's set to open june this year um things will kick off in the next couple of weeks in terms of marketing but we'll we'll, we'll have to see on that front very cool uh, and then what about you what's your hopes for the year then my hopes for the year are, i suppose to survive <laughs> yeah, yeah oh you'll do that there's no question is, about that is is one um I I suppose for me right now, it's all about working with clients and brands that are great for my portfolio and great for networking recommendations um, and also having a bit of fun. You know, I, I've, I've just come out of 10 years marketing side for hospitality um which was a hell of a lot of fun i don't want to get sucked into as much as i can mm. the you know it's, it's going to be manic running a business but also you know i want to enjoy it at the same time as well so if, if my, my my kind of two main goals are you know work with some fantastic clients on some fantastic projects um and and one would be uh, and the second would be um to have fun you know, let's not take life too seriously in 2024. Let's roll out some really cool projects, help some really cool brands, um, and hopefully still be here next year to do the same call next year nice. when you're back. Nice. Series. I will have you back. Um, <laughs> right. So a bit of fun then. So some of your mark out of 10 questions, just your favorite things to do. So we've covered Dublin a little bit, actually. So that was good to get those out early. Um, First question, and you might be biased on this, but favourite city to eat in? I'm definitely going to be biased to the north. Um, <laughs> I'm going to have to say Manchester, um, particularly over the last five years or so, the amount of new openings and offerings, the food scene has just you know absolutely blown up. Mm. From the likes of Edinburgh, Edinburgh Castle, Murray, um, you know, even just you know fast casual salt and pepper have absolutely smashed it up here um it, it it has to be manchester although i do love the odd trip down to london as well yeah definitely why why do you think manchester's exploding just now then capital of the north soon to be capital of the uk right is it all right okay here we go well i'm, I'm always lobbying for glasgow to be the capital of scotland but yeah you know, never do you know what though it, it's it's great to see the amount of development that's happening in the city you know you just look at Ancoats when I first came to the city 10 years ago it was you know a desolate industrial space it's now a thriving area with independent coffee shops restaurants bars you know not necessarily big chains taking over the spaces um and the same that I actually I live in Salford you know so 10 minutes from Manchester city centre um but it's great to see that that food and drink scene is slowly working its way out of the ring road yeah. and work its way down to the likes of you know media city Salford keys um you know, even even places like Red Bank behind Victoria, completely mm. new regeneration with some great new openings there. Great. Ideal. Uh, Favourite hotel? It has to be the Ned. Oh, um, okay. Fancy it, pants. It, only, only, be, only because, and it's certainly not a regular occurrence, but you mentioned about attention to detail. Um, 
Uh, and those guys are, you know, shit hot on absolutely everything they do from the yeah. second that you walk in the door or even actually before that, you know, the, the comms journey that they take you on before opening the door and um, the welcome, the service and um, quality of food, beverage offering. Fantastic. Brilliant. Favourite coffee shop? Interesting. Um, so I stopped drinking coffee about Ooh. a year ago. Um, what, you wouldn't, you wouldn't go decaf? Uh, no. Um, I, I kind of went teetotal on coffee because I'm like ADHD tendencies. I mm. found it made my energy spike and then crash later on in the day. Yeah, yeah, I've got that, yeah. So I suppose there's a, there's a great, well, Black Sheep Coffee on Deansgate is a coffee shop that I like to spend some time in, stick my headphones in and do a bit of work in. Yeah, yeah. Um, in terms of actual coffee um it's a funny one i used to absolutely nail the pret subscription right <laughs> yeah pret's coffee's um, good man i worked on that project when i was there it's great coffee fantastic and I, you know when they launched that subscription i couldn't i couldn't believe it at the time so i used to absolutely nail pret coffee um and that's probably why i'm so afraid of it now because i used to have about five a day but... well it's it's quite strong you know and and one of the so the Boys that I worked with, and I'm saying boys, not a sex pay, it was because it was two other guys. They used to get, because a lot of the time they would be going to New York to see the Pretz. And I think a lot of us had young children at the time, and we were all knackered. And there was an under the counter thing you could get called a Pret Red Eye. <laughs> and it was a filter coffee with a double espresso in it like just chucked in the top and it was like your heart was coming at your chest you just call it rocket fuel it was unbelievable but yeah we used to have that on occasion yeah it was that was pretty good um favorite bar or pub and pub favorite pub would be mulligans on Deansgate, nice. the irish bar um favorite bar i'd have to say albert's lush even if yeah. I, even if i didn't work there yeah um Great place for a beer, great place for a cocktail, and great entertainment. Yeah, it's it's out of this world. I, I was up there lately, and uh, we're lucky enough we get put in the window uh, right next to the stage. You know, we're mm. out. I can't mind where we were up there. Uh, it was some something in Manchester, some show or something. And uh, oh man, honestly, just what a night, what a night. And then the entertainers were on you. Yeah, you know, like you know, having a good laugh and all that. You know, it was great. Yeah. Singing to you and all that. Uh, you sit on those the beer hall tables right in front of the stage because then oh, they are literally on you dancing on the tables yeah, and encouraging yeah. you to do the same thing. Oh, so I've, I've never had a bad night in there. No, never ever. Uh, I'd be a sad day. Would have had a bad night in Sloss. Um, favorite restaurant? I'm going to say Sugo Pasta in uh, Manchester. Um, recently rebranded to Rigatoni's. Um, so it's small plates, proper Italian pasta, all homemade, and they do a fantastic dish called the House Sugo. Incredible. Um, they, they've, they, well, they, they rebranded from Sugo to Sud to Rigatoni's. Same guys behind the business. Yeah. Fantastic Italian pasta. Incredible. Highly recommend it to anybody. They've got three sites in Manchester at the moment, and I believe they're about to roll out and open a site in the city as well, in London. Well, that's so interesting you say that because there's a brand in Glasgow called Sugo. There is, yes. And I always wondered what was going to, which one was going to give way. 
so, so they, I think, well, I think it was the Manchester guys that gave way. So yeah. I, I think there was a bit of a trademark war. Um, I believe the Manchester guys opened first, but didn't protect name, etc. Lost right. a bit of legal battle. Um, so there's a less, lesson Shame. to anyone that's listening Shame. is protect protect your brand if you can. Um, so yeah, they rebranded last year to Sud, uh, meaning meaning Southern uh, yeah. Pasta. Um, and then recently rebranded to Rigatoni's, but it's the the same guys behind it, same yeah, great team. Yeah, um, fantastic. Oh, yeah, both, I hear rave reports about both. So it's, it's you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and listen, it's not an easy thing to do to make pasta no, no, incredible. No, no. Um, you know, because you know, a lot of people want to go for something they can't do in the house, and if you can take it to that next level, you 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 want to watch. That's been amazing, Jack. Thanks so mm -hmm. much for spending time with me, man. It's been, it's been so cool to just to catch up. Anyway, you know, we're kind of always a quick hello here and there and on social and whatever, you know, and we never get a proper chat. So this has been great and we'll absolutely get you back uh, in a few months and we can see your progress and see how you're getting on and maybe you could bring us a weekly report of how it's all going. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, see, we'll see about that one but, uh, thank you very much for having me it's been a pleasure nice one man alright listen have a great day and uh, yeah we'll catch up very soon you too cheers Mark cheers so there we go that was digital rock star Jack Edge ex of Mission Mars Albert Schloss Rudy's Novus and also Tokyo Industries a real shining light and the future of marketing, I think, and hospitality is in safe hands with Jack. So if you need anything, get in touch. Search him on TikTok, I'm assuming, after what he said. So Cutting Edge Digital or, of course, on Google. You'll catch him there. Get in touch with him and, of course, LinkedIn and get his help and advice on a 360 audit to really set the to-do list to then create the foundations for future success of your business. This podcast is sponsored by Vita Mojo, the all-in-one restaurant management platform helping operators grow ATV, reduce tech complexity, and serve guests better. Just visit vitamojo.com forward slash supersonic and get in touch with the team right away. That's vitamojo.com forward slash supersonic. So this is me, Mark McSee, signing off for another podcast, and I'm really looking forward to the next time we're together. Next time, we'll hear from many, many more interesting people with top tips, tricks, and tales that will make your brand boom.